This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. Yes, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back 30. Oh, Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads. Dang, go relax. Still at the champ. Even still coming with the Calibus flow. The Mavs the best on the flow. I'm How's it going, y'all? Welcome into another edition of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my SI Dallas basketball colleague, Matt Galatson. Uh, it's been a while since we've done this. We've had a lot going on. Matt and I have been super busy, but we've been keeping up with everything Mavs-related, everything going on. And uh, Matt, they, they got a huge win against the Milwaukee Bucks. And, I mean, I'd, I'd like to say I was, you know, surprised that they got that win, uh, especially with, with Luka not playing in the game. But, I mean, I, I kind of saw it coming. You know, they – the Bucks, they they were on an 18 game win streak. Uh, they they were playing the Lakers next, uh, so they I've kind of felt they'd be looking forward to that one a little bit. Uh, and uh, you know the Mavs without Luca, nobody, most people weren't giving them a chance. And I think they te- I think they took that personally. Uh, so I mean I I'm not shocked by it. Uh, I thought it would you know end up being a great win for them and. Uh, definitely strengthening the way people look at uh, Rick Carlisle this year. But uh, what, what's your initial thoughts on that that huge win over the over the Bucks on the road last night? Uh, it was a KP coming out party for one. Oh yeah, yeah. I, it, I was so really good impressed with I was really impressed with the way he played, uh, especially in the fourth quarter with those two big threes from basically from the antlers at midcourt, <laughs> yeah. um, and. You know, he had a he had that big he didn't, he didn't get the rebound on that free throw near the end of the game, but he got the huge block and hit it uh, off of the Bucks player out of bounds, and it ended up being Mavs ball, and that basically ended the game. So right. um, I thought that was huge as well. And you know, it's it's nice it's nice it's it's nice to see them get a win against a good team without Luca. Um, I think they probably should have won the Miami game. But oh, absolutely, uh, you know, they, they were just a little shell shocked after, you know, their big gun went down, and it took them a little while to to get back together. But um, you know, it was it was a good win. It was it was a really good win, and uh, it, Seth played out of his mind as well. Um, twenty six points, I believe, in uh, twenty six minutes. Is that right? Yeah, Somewhere yeah, twenty six so, points in twenty six minutes. Yeah, so um, huge win all around. 
especially, you know, that's probably the hardest game they're going to have in, uh, over this five-game stretch, which is just absolutely brutal. So um, it, it was nice to get to get one right there when you know, a lot of people <clears throat> are picking them. I know you were on Twitter, and the replies to that tweet were delicious. Um, yeah. it's always and, uh, nice to go back and see some of those oh like what planet are you from and you know basically everybody telling you how how dumb you are for having <laughs> having that opinion so that that felt nice i'm not gonna lie oh yeah yeah i'm sure it's uh it's always nice to to be right when the twitter sphere is calling you out but i mean you know that that was a big win and again to do it without luca uh, the best team, arguably the best team in the NBA, definitely the best team in the East. Uh, they had won 18 straight games. And just to, to do it that way, and like you said, it was a coming out party for KP, who has just been, you know, ever since Mexico City, he's he's just been a different player, in my opinion. He's more aggressive. You know, he had a really, really impressive putback dunk over Giannis. Uh, in that win too. And I mean that to me, that was just as impressive as those logo three pointers. He hit over Giannis late in that game too. But, uh, you know, you, you had a big game from him. He's rounding into form. You know, if he can keep that up once Luca comes back, I mean, I, I don't know how, I don't know what the ceiling of this team looks like. It's really kind of, kind of scary to think about because I mean they've already got the number one offense and they showed you in that last NBA game history. I mean yeah <laughs> like if if the season ended today historically by the numbers they would have the best offense in NBA history so and they're doing they've done that so far without KP you know doing what he's done these last few games so if he can get it clicking with Luca together I mean, I just don't know what that looks like. I mean, it, obviously, it's good for the Mavs. It's good for us. But, I mean, I'm just trying to visualize what that's going to look like. I guess, it's, I guess it looks like beating everybody by, you know, 20 points on most nights or something like that. But I don't know. We'll see. It, I think some of these things are going to start to come back down to earth a little bit. But, you know, for the most part, I think you're right. Um, but see, I don't. But see, I don't know how much how much more you can really come down to earth with it because I mean we've we've the Mavs have played enough games now, and they've been so consistent, you know, with the offense and the chemistry has just gotten stronger and stronger. And you know, at first it was like okay, well they haven't really played that hard of a schedule, but now you look at the schedule. You look what they've done so far. They've got road wins at Denver. They've got another, let's see, road wins at Denver, at Houston, at Phoenix, which at the time was more impressive than it is now. They're kind of reeling a little bit. At the Lakers, where they, you know, they won by 14, but that score didn't <laughs> didn't truly show how how bad they beat the Lakers on their home floor and now they beat the Bucks and snap their 18 game win streak that I mean those are really impressive you don't just look into those those road wins and they've been if you go back and you look 
at that Knicks loss, that last Knicks loss. Ever since then, the Mavs have gone 12-3. and three. And two of those three losses have been by four points. It's the Kings and the Miami loss in overtime. And you could argue that they should have won both of those games. Uh, and so, really, the only loss in this 15-game stretch since that New York, that disappointing New York loss, came against the Clippers, who, you know, basically had everybody healthy that night. You know, they were out to prove a point, and they pretty much smothered Luka all night, and they won by 15. But other than that, this ever since that Knicks loss, they've been pretty much unstoppable. And, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's going to slow down. That's why I keep saying when, when KP finally becomes more consistent and he does what we've seen lately, you know, on a nightly basis, I, I really just, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to come off as being, you know, a homer too, too optimistic about it. But I mean, <laughs> but, but I mean, Matt, look at the numbers. Look what they've done. Look. I mean, they, no, I know, I know. Are, I mean, I, I, I know it's impossible for me to not come off that way, but I mean, you look what they've done so far in the season, and you look at all the numbers of their offense, and you know, just individually what these guys are doing. You know, Seth Curry, he hadn't even been shooting that well compared to what he has done throughout his career up until you know the last couple of games, and. I mean, so to me, Dalton. they're sitting at third in the West, and they they still haven't reached their full potential on offense. So I mean, I I think I don't disagree with. I anything think they're you're a saying. contender now. <laughs> I I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I just I, what I was talking about before you went on to filibuster about how the Mavericks are the best team in the history of ever is, <laughs> I I I I think was just the offense being you know the best offense and you know the historically the best offense whatever I I think that's going to come regress towards the mean a little bit that doesn't mean they're going to drop off and fall into the back half of the western conference I just think that the numbers that they're putting up offensively are going to level off a little bit I I don't think Tim Hardaway Jr. is capable of sustaining what he was he's been doing the last 10 games or so throughout the entire regular season. Um, but, you know, that's that also could mean that other players are going to step up. Like, KP still needs to, to reach his full potential. Seth has been coming on the last couple games, so maybe it just gets replaced in other ways. I don't know. I still think the team needs to make a trade to solidify everything. Um, maybe not necessarily in the starting lineup, but something on the bench to give them a little bit more punch. Um, I'm not really sure what that looks like right now. We have a couple of ideas. See, I just... But I, I don't think they're a finished product. And that's not bad. That means that, you know, the the tr- the, the things that they can trade to, to to make the team better aren't aren't things that are going to really change the dynamic of what they're doing. See, I don't really... So, I don't even really think they need to... To me, it would be about adding a guy that can... I mean, it, he doesn't have to just, you know, provide a spark off the bench because, I mean, the Mavs have arguably the best bench in the NBA right now. 
So, and I mean, it's, it's always a different guy contributing. So, I mean, like you said, Tim Hardaway Jr., you don't expect him to, you know, put up 29 points like he did against the Kings or, uh, you know, 28 points against Miami. But, I mean, he, he's a streaky player. So, on the nights that he's not going to do it, like, I, he, I have to look at the box score. How much, what did he have in that Milwaukee game? Let me pull it up here real he had, quick. He, he went one for ten from the floor and had, like, six points or something. Okay, so so see, like like that. He, uh, But then you have Jalen Brunson, who scores 13 and has 11 assists. <laughs> so I mean, And then you have Seth Curry going for 26. I mean, it's always somebody different. Everybody's taking no, turns I, stepping up. So, I, I mean, I don't know, Matt. I was with – I still, I'm kind of like you. I still feel like they're probably one more piece. I, I can't pinpoint what the perfect piece is. Well, uh, I think we both know what it is. I mean, it, it's pr- it's probably Bogdan Bogdanovich from, <laughs> from, from yeah. Sacramento. And, and for once, you know, people give me shit all the time because, you know, I always talk about how I want, you know, Goran Dragic and Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> And one of the Hernan Gomez's because I think Luca playing with people that he's comfortable with and gets along well with is a good thing. Well, let me. And but for once, this has nothing. This has nothing to do with that. Right. This right. Is he's just, just a, good. A player who's in the. <laughs> he's really good. He's exactly what they need, and he's in a situation where he's easily, not I don't want to say easily attainable, but the the possibility is there where the Kings could just be like, well, okay, whatever, you know. The season isn't going how we want. Let's just go ahead and do this and get a couple assets and regroup, and we'll come back at this thing next year when our players have another year of experience. You know, so it's 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 more based on reality than it, it really has ever been, and he kind of fits. I mean, he d- like really well. I mean, he does. I mean, especially I, I remember. The other night, he I think he put up like 25, 5, and 5 for the Kings. And some of the stuff he was doing, I was thinking to myself like, man, imagine if we had this dude while Luca's rehabbing, you know, from his, his, sprain, his sprained ankle. <laughs> like, he, he, would, he would fit perfect because, I mean, he's – they're not the same player by any means. You know, Luca's a whole lot stronger. He – uh, he has better court vision. He, uh, you know, he's a better finisher at the rim and everything. But, I mean, I was watching Bogdanovich play, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, he's kind of like a Luca light, <laughs> and it it would, it would really, you know, it make it easier for the Mavs to be as cautious as possible. And you know, even if Luca's ready to go, but they don't, you know, they think he should take a few more games off. Having a guy like Bogdanovich would make it easier to be like, okay, just, you know, <laughs> take all the time you need. Don't rush it. Uh, which, I mean, you know, if the Mavs do like they did in Milwaukee, it might already be like that. And see, that's that, that'll that bring me back to my other point I was going to make. I'm like you right now. I, I think they still need to make that, that, you know, one more move to solidify their contender status. And I really think Bogdanovich would be, you know, the answer for them. I, I don't know how possible that is. I don't know what Sacramento would want. Uh, I do know they have already, you know, 
given Harrison Barnes a ton of money. They just gave Buddy Heald a ton of money. So uh, with Bogdanovich being a restricted free agent this upcoming summer, unless they're planning to, you know, break the bank to keep him, it would make more sense for them to trade him before the February deadline and get something for him before, you know, they get to this summer, somebody offers him a, a huge offer sheet and then they end up letting him walk for nothing. So I don't I don't know what their front office is thinking is right now. But I'm just saying, you know, unless they're planning to pay him big, big money, uh, they probably need to go ahead and, you know, get something for him while they can before the deadline. And, you know, maybe the Ma- you know, the Mavs and Kings, they have some, some recent history there making trades, so there's some uh, familiarity there. I don't necessarily know if the Mavs have what it takes to get Bogdanovich because I feel like some other teams might have, you know, <laughs> a better package to offer, but you could have said the same thing about Kristaps uh, Porzingis coming to Dallas last year, you know, with other teams having a better package to offer. So you never know. Uh, you, you never want to underestimate our, you know, friend of the podcast, Donnie Nelson. <laughs> he can great, uh, never underestimate that guy. <laughs> um, no, I mean, and, and KP was a much more high profile, seemingly much more you know, difficult to attain player than Bogdanovich. I mean, and wait, wait, but before you, before you say this, I, I, I just realized that I did, I got, I got so caught up talking about Bogdanovich. I didn't even finish my, my point, <laughs> but yes, I do think they need to add another piece right now, but with every big win that keeps coming, especially like what we saw in Milwaukee, you know, stuff like that makes me kind of second guess. Like, okay, do we need to mess with this chemistry? Because it's not like the 2014 team before they traded for Rondo. That that team was good too. They had almost the identical record that the Mavs have this year. The problem with that team was it was all offense and no defense. And you know, this year's Mavs team isn't great defensively, but they're like middle of the pack. And we've seen some good defensive moments from them. It wasn't that way in 2014 before they traded for Rondo. You know, that was one of the main reasons they made the trade was because they couldn't beat the bigger teams uh, they were facing. And, you know, they were basically just beating up on the, the lesser teams with their high-powered offense. So that that's my thing. I don't want to risk ruining the chemistry that they have now given the big wins that they've been able to rattle off. At least not yet. I, I I do think they need to wait a little bit closer to the deadline. My thing is, I just, I think, I think you can always get better. There's always one more step you can take to get better. And I think that, you know, this team has a few warts that just they've been able to to get over in these wins, especially, you know, against... Miami, you you saw a few of those things. I know the whole Luca thing was a big deal, but you know, I don't think Jalen Brunson's really ready to take on a a big role. Like he he just his tunnel vision is something that really hurts them in key moments, and it it killed them against Miami. It wasn't as bad against um, 
Milwaukee, but there was still times there where you're just like, okay, man, you know, let's go. You have to admit, there's always, there just, there's always, there's always ways for you to get better. And I know they're playing really well and it's, it's difficult to imagine breaking up chemistry to, to do something to make the team better. But what I'm, the thing that's, that I'm talking about doing to get a player like Bogdanovich, you don't really break up that much chemistry. I mean, yeah, Jalen, maybe that could hurt it a little bit, but you know the other things. It's like it's like Courtney Lee and and the and the Warriors pick and maybe something like Justin Jackson. Like you, I, I mean, not not going back to the Kings, but I mean, there's there's players who aren't really playing a lot of minutes right now that you can throw into a deal like that. That yeah. it's not going to upset the chemistry. And especially and if you bring, Brunson, but especially if you bring a guy like Bogdanovich in who already has such good chemistry with Luca, you know, right? It's we're not talking about bringing Rondo in here. We're, yeah. we're talking about bringing somebody that we know the star player is going to get along with, that KP probably already gets along with. And, and I feel, I feel like we should clarify this because I'm sure. I'm sure some people, judging by you know Mav Twitter and you know how everybody feels about Brunson right now, they they might take that the wrong way. What you're saying about him, we don't we're we're on the same page here. Jalen Brunson is a good basketball player. You know he he's he's how can I put this? He's, he's better, better than, than Dennis Smith Jr. He's better yes. than a lot of backup point guards in the NBA, but he's yes. inexperienced. And he, you know, he's he's not a bad player. I like what he can be, and what he's shown he is, can be. But you need to leverage that into something that can help you more now. Right. If something is there, you know, I'm not, I'm not. They don't need to press. But if something is there, and they're able to take advantage of it, they definitely should. You know, as much as I like Jalen Brunson, as much you know potential I think he might have going forward. He's never going to be your starting point guard permanently. You know, that that's always going to be Luka now. And, you know, as, as much as I like Jalen Brunson, I don't think we can – I don't think the Mavs can treat him the same way they did, you know, Roddy Bobois. <laughs> you know, You know, he was, he was considered untouchable at one point. And – I mean, in hindsight, that was just ridiculous. Because I mean, that, I think they had some really good trade offers uh, for him at the time. So you you don't want to miss out on an opportunity to improve your team even more just because you know, just because you like a guy. I'll put it this way: if the Thunder can trade James Harden, and the Knicks can trade Kristaps Porzingis. And any other NBA team can trade a star or a young star who hasn't even developed into anything quite yet, then the Mavericks could trade Jalen Brunson. He's not a superstar. He's not an all-star, at least not yet. So trade for a player that helps you more now and helps get you over the hump that you might already be over, but you want to make sure you're all the way over heading into May and, and, you know, in June. And just just bite the bullet and do it. You have to take risks to gain. You have to spend money to make money. You have to take risks for big gains. And that's and what again, they have to do. 
again, I love Brunson. I, I do love too. What he's been able to do so far, but but I do. I will say this: if if something happens and they do have to part with him, it better be for a wing player that can also handle the ball. <laughs> yes, we're, I don't want them to trade Jalen Brunson for you know. <laughs> Kyle Korver. That's not what we're talking about here. We're, we're, we're talking about trading for a player that can make a big difference. Well, and I mean, look, like I said, we've, we've got a long way to go until the trade deadline. So, I mean, we're, there's going to be so much speculation over the next few Tomorrow months. morning on Twitter, it's going to come out, the Step Back Podcast hates Jalen Brunson. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All they do is talk shit about Jalen Brunson. We're, that's not what we're saying. No. Okay. No, that's that's absolutely not what we're saying. But you're right. There's probably going to be a couple of those takes. But anyway, <laughs> so I mean, there, there, we have so much ahead of us as far as trade speculation. We don't want to, you know, just beat this thing in the ground. But uh, I mean, like I said, with every passing game, with every big win that they have, it's like okay, you know, maybe this is sustainable. The you know, with every passing week that they stay in the top three in the West, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> when are they going to come back down? And they just, they don't. They, they're still right there. So, I mean, it just makes you think that, okay, maybe this is real. And maybe we just don't have, we don't have to do anything. Now, if an opportunity comes up, like we said, they need to take advantage of it. But right now they're in a just a great situation they've got i mean if they want to make a big trade or even like a moderate trade they have the assets to do it because they have such good contracts on their roster and i mean it's 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 a great situation all around they're good they've got a good record they're they're high in the standings luke is an mvp candidate uh KP, he's just now starting to round into form and, you know, play like a $158 million player again. Uh, again, like he's made that much money beforehand. But you know what I mean. He was an all-star before his injury. Yes, he was well worth that money before he got injured. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he he's coming back and playing like the unicorn again. Uh, he's 24. Luca's 20. <clears throat> the roster in general is, you know, fairly young i mean it's it's a great situation it's a great time to be a a mavs fan mavs media you know being able to cover this team it's it's a whole lot of fun i just want to point one thing out before we get too lost on this whole kp resurgence thing or going in another direction i just want all of our listeners to know that back on the December 1st, I think it might have actually been November 30th, and that just, but anyway, one Dalton Trigg sent a message to me and our friend Kirk Henderson on Twitter that read, I hope the Mavs didn't mess up by giving KP a full max. Well? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't look like they did now, does it? Okay, so what was your point in in doing this just now? Because now I'm gonna because go I rare because I rare I rarely get I rarely screenshot things, but this one I I wanted I I wanted for KP to start playing well, and for and it wasn't this isn't directly aimed at you but like a lot of people. Hey guys, I just went and screenshotted one of Dalton's 
direct messages on Twitter and called him out on his own podcast, but it's not directed at you, Dalton. Well, no, I mean, my, my point overall is that there was a lot of people who were starting to say really ridiculous things about KP over the last few weeks and really starting to doubt him. And I kept saying, he'll be fine, he'll be fine. Just let it play out. He'll get his legs back under him in a you know metaphorical sense. He 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 didn't lose anything in his legs, which some people have been saying. But you know, it's fine. It, it it's finally really... starting to come through. And man, it he he's starting to look almost like, especially in the Milwaukee game and the Miami game in the second half of that game. He really is starting to look like the player he was in New York. He really is, and that's scary, man. I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to go back and see what game that would have been. <laughs> that I, like he must have had a really bad game for me to say that. Well, okay, I brought up your your message, but my point really is aimed overall at at this whole. Well, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, thing. obviously, I get your overall point, but you know, my mind is now focused on how bad KP played that night for me. <laughs> for me to say it. Okay, you're gonna well, have to you're gonna have to go and post this now to prove it to everybody. It was. Um... Let's see. I mean, was it the Phoenix game, maybe? I mean, they won in Phoenix, but... It was the Phoenix game. It was the Let's Phoenix see here. game. Let's see. KP, yeah. Okay, so in the in the win over Phoenix, 120-113, KP, in 34 minutes, went 0 of 8 from the field, 0 of 6 from 3, and had two points. Yes, that was the game. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And, and my that my thought process sense. behind this was, okay, Dalton just said something super irrational. <laughs> because obviously he's hurting and he's very invested in this and we're all frustrated. So I'm just going to screenshot this so he can see well, how far KP has come. Well, see, there there's a reason there's a reason it gets said in DMs and not on the timeline because you know how people they fan police these days okay yes so <laughs> I, I also screenshotted something that kirk said the other day i'm not gonna reveal what it is but oh god he'll get well, now he, i gotta know he'll get i'll tell you off air but he'll <laughs> he'll get his if it if it if it pans out well okay well moving on from that that was that was <laughs> that, that was unexpected i got ambushed on my own podcast okay here we go <laughs> And I fully, by the way, I fully expect you to do it to me one day. So let's. So let's move on. And Rick Carlisle, I mean, what do you think? Coach of the year leader? I, I think he has a really good damn case. And you and I were talking before the, uh, before we started recording. And it's kind of hard to see anybody else who's done a better job this year. I mean, you could, you could talk about Eric Spolstra in Miami. That's a really good one. Um, Nick Nurse has done a hell of a job in Toronto. But, I mean, none of them have the best offense in NBA history through 26 games with the superstar engine, you know, straw that stir, stirs the drink being a 20-year-old kid. So, well, I mean, 
it's not even just that for me. It's like, yeah, Nick Nick Nurse, uh, Eric Spolstra, uh, those guys should definitely be considered. I mean, even even Billy Donovan with OKC. I mean, he's not going to win it, but you know, he should at least get a little bit of love because, you know, right now OKC everybody marked them off and they're sitting in the eight seed in in the West. So. Uh, you know, even even a guy like that should get some love. But I mean, again, you just look at the standings, and you have to. To me, you have to at least take preseason predictions into some consideration because pretty much everybody was saying, okay, the Mavs might make it as an eight seed in the playoffs, but you know, ultimately the they might fall short. Uh, being that ninth, tenth spot spot in the West. And then you look at the standings, and they're 10 games over 500. They're third. They're only a game behind the Clippers for second in the West. I mean, I don't see how Rick Carlisle isn't the runaway coach of the year right now. Well, Dalton, they're on Given pace to win 57 games. Right. <laughs> and I think, And I think the best projection – uh, for them, you know, in the off season from like a major, major like five thirty eight, I think their best projection was like what forty four wins. Yeah, forty three, forty four wins. They probably won't win fifty seven, but it seems to me it's going to be, it, they're going to be right there at fifty. Which right, yeah. Which, you know, <laughs> if they if they if they hit fifty, that's a seventeen game improvement from last season. That is insane. Right. I mean, yeah. To me, if it hold, if the Mavs even, just looking at the standings, they are. Let me see. They are six games up on the eight seed in the loss column, and they are a good three full games ahead of Utah, which is at the sixth spot. I mean, right now, that I mean, that's a pretty big cushion <laughs> for this far in the season. Obviously, it can change. You never know what's going to happen with injuries. We saw that, you know, here recently with Luca. You never know. Uh, but I mean, the team looks like it's good enough to withstand something like that. Now, that was one of the big questions before the season. We were like, man, if something happens to Luca or, or KP. You know, the Mavs might be screwed, but <laughs> you see what they've been able to do now, and it's like, okay, well, they can withstand a, a minor injury here and here or there. Um, well, there was a point early in the season when I was having some doubt, and it was early, early in the season. And maybe this is the thing you can call me out for that I that I that I said earlier in the season. And it's right when look, it's right look, when I things... can't even. I'm not even. I'm not even going to take take up <laughs> time doing it because. I thought about it. I went, I was like vigorously going through my phone a while ago, like, oh, I'm going to find something that Matt said. And I said, you know what? No, I'm just going to wait until the next game that (laughs) Jalen Brunson has an off game or something. I'll I'll wait for a fresh one. Okay. Well, this is, this is real. This is a really bad take that I had. And it it was built out of frustration but it, it was at a point where I was I was having a little doubt about Rick Carlisle I've never really doubted Rick Carlisle until you know it, there was a point in this season and it was the second loss to the Knicks and I I sent you a message that said 
David Fisdale is a better coach than Rick Carlisle. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's a bad one. <laughs> that was a really bad one. <laughs> but ever since that point, it's like that second Knicks loss kind of flipped a switch in them, or maybe it just flipped a switch in Rick, and he, you know, was like, you know what, this is enough's enough. I I have to make some changes, and whatever he did, it worked. And he's been. They've lost two games since then, right? Three games. Three games. Two of them, the 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 Kings and the Miami overtime loss were each by four points, and then the other one was the fifteen point loss to the Clippers. Okay, so, so you know whatever whatever he did, it worked, and they've been arguably you know outside of the Bucks, who they just beat, the best team in the NBA over that stretch. Well, I mean, it's just it's some of the stuff we were talking about, you know, after that. Well, after the first Knicks loss and even the second one, uh, I mean, it's just it's some of the stuff that we were seeing. And obviously, you know, we're not the coach, and I, you know, we're not we're not as smart as Rick Carlisle is. But you know, it was just little things we were seeing that could help this team, like uh, lineup continuity, and we've seen that, you know, here lately. They've had the same starting lineup up until Luca got hurt for I don't know how many straight games. I mean, it pretty much this stretch <laughs> since that Knicks loss, they've you know basically had the same starting lineup and they've built a lot of chemistry and you know it's just little things like that. It's uh you know playing Seth Curry more. Uh you know that he Rick went through that weird stretch where you know <laughs> Courtney Lee started three games at the beginning of the season <laughs> and only played like five to ten minutes. Okay, so, so the the Mavericks were six and five after the second loss to the Knicks. Yep, and that was their second loss in a row. That was that was probably their worst stretch of the season. They lost to the Knicks, beat the Grizzlies. And then played two really bad games in a row against Boston and New York. Since then, they've beaten, or since then they're twelve and three. And they've beaten Toronto, Houston, um, the Lakers, um, and now the Bucks. So, I mean, yeah, it speaks for itself. The most, the most impressive thing to me is. That that road and road loss, they lost to the Celtics, and then they lost that second time to the to the Knicks. That's the only time all season that they've lost two consecutive games. And before the season started, that was one of my biggest things for why I was so optimistic about this team. You know, yeah, on paper they might not be the most talented roster. Uh, as far as like you know having big names and everything but they were deep enough they were good enough to where I didn't see them you know going through long stretches of losses like they did last year Uh, because I remember last year before before we even got to you know Christmas and New Year's the Mavs had already gone through like two separate stretches of six game losing streaks which was brutal (laughs) <laughs> so it's I mean it's just night and day difference from last year to this year and you know I, I really do think you know Rick Carlisle he just finally decided to trust a starting lineup he decided to I don't know it 
he he wasn't trying to be as complicated with it. He got back to being a little bit more simple, uh, and it's worked out. I mean, he's he's pushed all the right buttons when he's had to. Uh, you know, breaking the emergency glass for J.J. Barea every now and then. <laughs> and not overdoing <laughs> which, it, which is key. Yeah. And, I mean, that's something else we talked about. We we were, you know, we were talking about J.J. earlier in the season, and we were both fine with him playing this year. But we just didn't want it to be a situation where, you know, they have to hit the emergency glass for J.J. Barea to come in and provide a spark, and then it, you know, it takes away from – uh, Curry or Brunson's minutes, you know, something like that. So, and, and I mean, to his credit, that hasn't happened yet. So that's been great. Uh, I mean, he's just, he's done such a good job this year. Uh, it's finally, it, you almost forget after three straight years of the Mavs missing the playoffs and having a losing record. I mean, you almost started to forget how Rick Carlisle looked with, you know, some actual weapons to play with. And he is back. <laughs> I mean, he he's back and it is great to see. He's having fun. The guys are having fun. And I mean, the proof is right there in their record. So, uh, I think it's just going to be, you know, it's going to keep getting better, uh, throughout this season. And I, I'm like you, I think they're going to get close to 50 wins and if that does happen, I think he's definitely going to end up being the coach of the year. But yeah. before we before we completely move on, you know, we got off off of it for a little bit, but before we completely move on uh from that Bucks game, I mean, <laughs> even in the loss, Giannis Antetokounmpo was absolutely just dominant. Uh 48 points. He had that stretch at the end where I really thought that he was going to bring the Bucks back from what? I think they were down, the, what was it, 13, 14 points with like a minute and 30 seconds left, and they still almost came back and tied it. <laughs> Man, <laughs> because... he is a freak. And I, know, I, got, <laughs> I know it's Giannis, but like, they, I feel like they scored like, I mean, I think what was it, seventeen points or eighteen points in like a minute and a half, and this, yeah, just because they gave they gave the ball to Giannis and he just barrel rolled through the defense and scored, and it was like a two second like it was, they literally had the ball for five seconds and he'd just be like get the hell out of my way, and he'd score and then they they go back down and foul. I mean it was I was like oh my god they're gonna lose this game because Giannis <laughs> cannot be stopped. <laughs> And I mean to be fair, it wasn't all it wasn't all Giannis. The the Mavs helped him out a little bit by missing some key free throws down the stretch too, but uh you know, after whether it was off a missed free throw or they were just inbounding, they were Giannis was in a full sprint and they were passing it to him and you know, Maxi was backpedaling. <laughs> and, you know, by the time Maxi gets to half court, Giannis is pretty much already there, and you're just thinking, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no, this isn't going to end well." well uh, there was one play where he like he went in between two guys and was like, "Okay, they're they're just gonna, you know, they're gonna him block up. him off here, or they're gonna wrap him up or something," and he just slipped through like fucking I don't know what it was. He just he slipped through and like he's and got not a, a massive. Like he's not a massive freak of nature. He he, just... It was like a gymnast. It's like he went completely flat, 
and went in between this tiny space in between Maxi and I think it was KP. It might have been Dwight, but I can't I can't remember exactly because it was all. It blur. wasn't KP because I th- I think you know as much as we've praised Rick, I think he I think he took KP out a little too early <laughs> in that game. Yeah, um, maybe. But what whatever the case, I was just like, what even is that? How does a person that size do that? And he he had thir- I think follow Mark Followell said he had thirty seven points with like two or three minutes left in the game, and he ended the game with forty eight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's unreal. And look, even though Giannis scored forty eight, and I mean, like you said, he's just he's unreal. I mean, it just makes you if the Mavs don't make a trade, or if they just you know I know we don't like. We don't like to uh, put all of our eggs into, you know, future free agency wishing and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, if there's a guy that you are going to do that for, it would be Giannis. Because, you know, he's even voiced his opinion that, you know, the Bucks' success from now until then could play a factor in his decision. And, I mean... I don't know, Matt. I, I'm not going to get too far off into this, but I'm just saying if if there was ever a time for the Mavs to catch a break in free agency and sign a guy of that magnitude, I, and I mean, I know you're going to side this, and we had Will Kane on, and he said he didn't want to think about it either, but seeing how good the Mavs are now and knowing how good of a relationship you know Donnie Nelson has with him, after recruiting, not recruiting, but you know what I mean. He scouted him all those years. Uh, I mean, I could see it happening. He's, okay. well, he's it's like two the only, summers away. I mean, it is, but I mean, <laughs> I can see the groundwork being laid for that now. And I mean, you you can you can call me crazy or whatever. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's gonna be, you know, a pretty pretty. Pretty good possibility that they throw all of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a pretty good possibility they're going to put all their eggs in the Giannis basket in 2021. And you can't blame them for doing it either, and they're still probably going to be a good team. Well, of course not. <laughs> and, that you know, that's one of the reasons that a lot of people are against the Mavs making some big deal uh, for a trade is, you know, don't mess up the money for Giannis. It's like, well, we've kind of learned that cap space isn't everything. Look at the, what the Miami Heat did to get Jamie, uh, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, it, so, cap space is officially a myth. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I just I don't think it ma- it doesn't matter. If you want to make a trade, you make a trade. And no, that doesn't mean go trade for Chris Paul's contract or some well, dumb. No, but <laughs> it, it also means like that. that you can still be aggressive, and you you know there's ways to get out of it. That said, I just I can't bring myself to think about something that's two summers away. I just well, I, I'll I'll drive why, myself crazy. Well, that's why I'm here, so I can do that for us. Cause I am I've already got. Look, I've got my bowl out. I've got my little whisk. I've started. I've started baking the Giannis cake. It's about to go in the oven. It's gonna come out in two years. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, okay. So look, and Giannis is great. We he scared the daylights out of us. We we thought he was going to bring the Bucks all the way back and win that game. 
But the Mavs, you know, they held him off. And even though Giannis had 48 points, I don't think, I mean, that that just doesn't tell the story of how good of, you know, defense Maxi Kleba played on him throughout the night. Because, I don't know, man, he just, Maxi just seems like the perfect type of player that you would want to put on him. On, on Giannis because he's tall, he's strong, he's athletic. Uh, you know, he, he's quick enough to step in front and, you know, uh, maybe not block the shot but contest it enough to make Giannis miss. He called Ilyasova uh, a p- which I really like. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it, I'm going to have to go back and see. I, I, I heard you talking about that. That's That's about the time that – my TV went out because of the the Mississippi tornado weather, which I came out of fine, by the way. But <clears throat> thank God. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. He's just the Bucks got smart and started, you know, uh, switching things up to where Giannis had a little bit more of a crease. Uh, they'd set screens and stuff, and the Mavs didn't respond to it correctly, and he got some easy buckets, but. One on one, I was really impressed by what Maxi did, and you know Maxi's not putting up huge numbers this year, but I mean he is a crucial, crucial part to this team, and the just that Donnie Nelson was scouting him since he was sixteen in the same town that you know Dirk came from. It, it's just incredible that they were able to find this guy. And that he's turned into the player that he has for them. Yeah, uh, I, I've I've been a big fan of Maxi, you know, for the last couple of years. I, I I didn't think he'd turn into this much of a defensive stalwart, really. I mean, he's their best. Right. I think he's their best defender um, all around. It and you know, Dorian's fine, but I, I think Maxi does does the most for them on that end. And um, you know, he's that. That's one of the more, I think, savvy moves they made this summer. You know, um, we all kind of crapped on them for the summer they had at the time. And one of the, you know, well, one of the you more, know, from, more important from, deals they made was was signing Maxi to an extension. Yeah. Keeping him yeah, around they, is going to be big. They kept their own guys on some really team-friendly deals. Not just Maxi, but Dorian Finney-Smith, who's played a big part this season. I think, what did they give Finney Smith? Wasn't it like four years, twelve million, or something ridiculous like that? Uh, I I can't remember uh, off the top of my head, or, but or all, three all, years, twelve million. Either way, either all way, the it's deals, ridiculous. All, all the deals <laughs> they did to bring back their own players, with the exception of KP, who got the max, obviously, if that doesn't really count, is they or they were all, um, they were all team friendly and they're all tradable. Right. And the biggest thing with Maxi is, you know, going into this season, we all knew, you know, what kind of shot blocker he was. And it seems like every year he gets more and more athletic. Uh, you know, he gets stronger. He's able to stay in front of guys. Not just a shot blocker, but he's just physical with other other players. And But the biggest thing to me is his three-point percentage because his first year it was 31% on about two attempts per game. Then last year it was 35% on 
on three attempts per game. And then this year, he's shooting nearly four a game at a 38% clip. And that is just, that is huge. That is huge for this team because you have a guy Maxie's size doing the dirty work on the defensive end, and then he's coming back on the other end and shooting 38% from three. That I mean, that just gives you a huge lift. So, I mean, we're, I'm not going to talk on it too much. I'm, I'm going to let it let it in there. But, I mean, I just don't think it can be understated how important he's been for this team. And, you know, uh, talking about, you know, things being important, obviously the, the Luka injury is something that we're, you know, We've been keeping our eye on. Uh, supposedly, it wasn't as bad as you know it initially looked. Which oh I, god, I mean, it looked I, bad. <laughs> man, I, I'm not gonna lie. It looked like his leg just kind of snapped. But uh, thank goodness it wasn't near as bad as what we thought. When he went down, he was grabbing it high, and typically that's a bad sign. But it was just a, I believe, what they say, it was a grade two uh, ankle sprain. Something uh, like that, I, or... I didn't see the grade, but. Oh, maybe maybe it was moderate. I don't know what grade it is. But anyway, moderate ankle sprain. Uh, could miss up to two weeks, but Rick Carlisle, he said that uh, he's definitely going to miss the Boston Celtics game. Uh, tomorrow, and then he said, you know, there might be another update tomorrow, but he doesn't know. So, in my opinion, I don't think he's going to miss two weeks. Uh, let me look at the schedule here. Because, I mean, if you remember the night of that Miami game, the report came out afterwards that Luca was already on the <laughs> – he was already with uh, the trainers – uh, working out on the underwater treadmill after that happened. So, I mean, th- that's pretty incredible. Let me see here. Well, I mean, athletes just heal different than the rest of us normal folk. It's, you know, the the beatings and stress that they put on their bodies. Well, es- is... especially the especially the superstar athletes, too. I uh, mean, yeah, they're ju- they're just on another level and um Yeah. Like if 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 say we were playing a pickup game, and something like that happened to us, we'd be like in bed for a month probably. Let's see. Okay, so the Miami game was Saturday. It would it wouldn't shock me if Luca came back for the Seventy Sixers game this Friday. I'm I'm not I'm not real confident in that. I think it'll you know probably. I think it's probably safer to say he'll come back against the San Antonio game the day after Christmas, uh, just looking at the spacing between all these. But I'm just saying it wouldn't shock me if he ended up playing in, in that Philadelphia game. So we'll see. What do you think? I mean, I I, I don't know. I'm not going to try and put a, a definite thing on it. I just... <clears throat> I don't think it's going to take two weeks. Um, but maybe they'll err on the cautious side if they keep winning like they did last night against the Bucks, And, you know, let's say they come out of this stretch three and two. Um, That'd be amazing. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> who knows? But um, I, I, I don't think they're going to rush anything. Although, you know, um, 
it, it it wouldn't hurt to err on the cautious side just because if he if he turns that ankle again, then you know that could be a bigger problem. But we'll see. I I, I think they'll be okay. Um, even if even if it it does take the full two weeks or or wherever it is, it's I I think they'll be okay. Um, based on what yeah. they did last night, I think they can. You know, I think they can survive this stretch without him. Well, and I mean, again, like I said earlier, with Luca playing at the level that he's been playing at, and then him being out, there's a lot of people that are that were counting this team out, especially with the schedule they had ahead of them. Because I mean, you had Miami. You know, Luca got injured in the very beginning of that game, and. They got down early. They fought back. They probably should have won that game, but didn't because of, you know, some pretty bad plays down the stretch. Then they turn around and play the best team in the East at their place on an 18-game win streak, and they beat them. And, you know, they only beat them by four, but, I mean, it was really really more than that before that weird last minute and a half of that game – uh, and now they're going to play Boston at home, and this will be our last point we touch on here before we head out. But you know they they play the Boston Celtics at home. They lost to them in Boston by ten points, one sixteen to one oh six. And you know that game was that was one of the worst games they played all year. Yeah, it, it wasn't good. They had moments in that game where they kept it close, but for the most part. I mean, it was just it was one of their worst shooting games of the year. Uh, so they they kind of they owe the Celtics one uh, for what happened in the last one. I saw that Marcus Smart didn't make the trip. Uh, so I mean, that tells me it could potentially be another big game for KP because I remember Marcus Smart was just oh he frustrated <laughs> he frustrated Porzingis a lot in that first matchup. So he doesn't have to worry about Marcus Smart this time around. And we don't have to worry about Marcus Smart hitting seven of eight threes. Which that would never happen again in the rest of his life. <laughs> I know I'm – well, that's not an exact number. I'm just over-exaggerating. I just feel like every time Marcus Smart plays, <laughs> plays against the Mavs, I mean, he's one of those a, versus – It's a hometown thing. Yeah, <laughs> He's one of those versus Mavs all-stars. Yeah. Marcus Smart is a good player. He's a good NBA player, but I just feel like yeah. – when he when he plays the Mavs, he he takes it up a couple notches. <clears throat> but I, I don't know. I mean, I can see them winning that. I think Phil, I think at Philadelphia is going to be pretty hard just because of the matchup. Uh, if Luca doesn't play, I think that I don't know. Which I mean, you could have said the same exact thing about the Bucks game. But I think they can beat the Celtics. Uh, I think they can beat the Raptors. And then after that Raptors game, you know, you've got the Spurs and the Warriors before ending the year with the Lakers and the Thunder. So, I mean, it, it, it seemed daunting at first, but after what they did to the Bucks and how they fought back against the Heat, it makes you feel a whole lot better about it. And, I mean, I don't know. I'd, what are you looking forward for in this, this upcoming Celtics game? Um, cause the cell, well, and let me say this before you answer that too, because it's, it's one of these things where the Mavs, they're coming off a really emotional high from what they did in Milwaukee. 
And then you've got the Celtics, who have basically had an early All-Star break. <laughs> they haven't. They, the, by the time they play tomorrow night, they will have been off for five days, which is like one of the weirdest regular season schedule quirks I think I've ever seen. <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, I don't know if they're gonna come out with you know low energy or you know rusty or something because they haven't played in a while or maybe the Mavs or you know will they continue their hot streak or will they have kind of a like a hangover type of game I mean what what should we expect uh I want to see how Tim Hardaway Jr. bounces back after the uh the Milwaukee game um he's been really integral in this whole this whole run so I want to see if he can get back um, I want to see if Seth Curry can can sustain what he's been doing the last couple of games. Ever since Me- Mexico City, Man, he's he's, been, he's, so he's been great. Um, which <laughs> you know that's when he that's when the whole thing started for him in 2017. So, um, maybe he can you know find that again uh, and keep that keep that going. Um, and I want I want to see what KP does against um against Boston's defense because they 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 really did frustrate him last time. I know Marcus Smart won't be there, but um you know, these are the you know, these are the kinds of games, you know, without Luka, they're going to need him to to be what he was against Milwaukee and um you know, I don't really care what Boston throws at them or 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 not. I'm I'm more concerned with what the Mavericks are going to do. Yeah. Um and, well, see, and those and things are very important. One last thing I want to touch on here, and it's about Seth Curry because you talked about how hot he's been since Me- since Mexico City. You know, for, for his career, he is a forty three point five percent three point shooter. Last year with the the Trailblazers, he shot forty five percent, and then the two years before that, forty two point five and forty five percent again. Well. Up until that Mexico City game against Detroit, he was his three point percentage this year was like around thirty seven, I believe, thirty seven, thirty eight percent. And in those, you know, in these last three games, has it is that right? Three games. Detroit. So in the last, yeah. yeah, in the last three games, Detroit, Miami, Milwaukee, he has been so good. From the three-point line, he has raised that from like 37% to 41% in that stretch. I mean, he is just <laughs> – it's like he almost just can't miss right now. And you love to see what people have been saying. He, he's progressing to the mean. <laughs> and yeah. for, a guy, for a guy that shot 45% from three last year and he's almost 44% for his career – you have to imagine. I mean, that's that's, that's going to keep going up a little bit. So, well, yeah, his his, gonna... his last three games, he's ten of seven or ten of nineteen from three. So he's over fifty percent from three in his last three games. That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we said it before the season. He's just he was going to be a big part, and especially playing in uh, playing with Luca. You know, you know you're going to get a bunch of open looks, and uh, even without Luca, like we saw in the Milwaukee game, and you've got Carlisle, you know, calling the shots. I mean, they still had a bunch of wide open looks. It's just, it's almost like having Carlisle and Luca together is a cheat code. 
<laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm ready to I'm ready to get this thing going uh, into the playoffs later. I I don't want to you know count my. What's the, what's I mean, we're almost. I don't want to get my cart ahead of the horse. <laughs> we're only fifty six games away, Dalton. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what they've been doing so far, it it seems sustainable. No, it's I, not I, like they're. It's not like they're overexerting themselves. Uh, they're they're getting I'm a just, lot of their shots are wide open. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're you're aching for the playoffs, and we've still got a good four or five months. So well, if we get to let me patience, let me see grasshopper. <laughs> if we get towards the end of January and we're getting close to the you know the trade deadline, and they still have a six game cushion in the loss column on the eight seed, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and, you know, guarantee that they're gonna be in it. That's that's great, man. I I I'll probably feel the same way. I just you know <clears throat> I know, I know. You you don't wanna <laughs> I I've I've been hurt like I've been hurt too many times. And uh um, It's kinda it's kinda like when there was like two minutes left in that Milwaukee game and the Mavs were up, I think it was like 13 points, something like that. And I I retweeted my own tweet from like the day or two prior to that. And I said that uh, that the Mavs, the Lucas Mavs were going to go into Milwaukee and end their 18-game streak, strengthening Rick Carlisle's Coach of the Year candidate. And from the moment I retweeted that, that's when Milwaukee started to scare the crap out of us. <laughs> well, it wasn't just you retweeting that, Dalton. It was me retweeting the replies in that tweet with snarky <laughs> videos and gifs and pictures. <laughs> yeah, after we, uh, you know, I, I I think I even went through and liked a lot of them too. Just, <laughs> just, just kind of like I, I see this comment here. And then I, I thought we were I thought we were gonna have to eat our words there, but it didn't happen. Uh, they went into Milwaukee, got a huge win without Luca. It's one of those wins that can really you know boost the morale even further for the rest of the guys. It it, it tells them that yeah, Luca's great. Luca's playing at an MVP level, but you know we're pretty dang good too. And I think it's just gonna once Luca comes back. Uh, you know, stuff like that can only help them going forward. So, guys, that's going to wrap it up for another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Matt, before we take off here, is there anything you want to add? Um, Not really. Um, Just, uh, you know, go like and share and rate and subscribe and all that good stuff. Um, And go subscribe to our YouTube channel. And um, Dalton will tell you more about that. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, we're on, you know, pretty much every platform. Uh, most of our listeners uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, but we're on Spotify, uh, Stitcher. I mean, you name it, we're there. And like Matt said, go to our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe there. Once we get to a thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel, uh, one lucky winner will win two tickets to the Mavs home game of their choice. And there are so many good games left on this schedule. So 
be sure to do that. Uh, we're halfway there right now. So you still have a chance to enter, spread the word. I mean, you know, anybody with a phone that has a YouTube app, you know, tell them to go on there and find us and subscribe to it. And I mean, we don't care. <laughs> you know, we don't care. Go tell your parents to subscribe. You know, <laughs> you'll, you'll have a better chance of winning those tickets. So, you know, do, do whatever you got to do. Uh, get us to a thousand subs there and we will make sure that one lucky subscriber gets those tickets and we'll be sure to do a little bit better job of you know updating that i the way we do those youtube videos and we put a nice graphic on there with a nice little sound wave and everything sometimes it takes a little bit longer than usual so those are a little bit delayed but again we don't have any we don't have any ads or anything going on that, so it's always going to be a little bit more delayed than if you go subscribe on Apple Podcasts. But all right, guys, that's going to do it for another episode, and we hope you enjoy the Mav Celtics game tomorrow and the rest of the week. We'll be back next week for a Christmas edition episode of the Mav Step Back Podcast. Y'all have a good one. A lot of times, feel like I was on the road to nowhere. Tell me why all these people up in my face acting like I know them. Feeling like Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, I'm the coldest. God speaking through me every single track, profit like Moses. Asking why I gotta wait till I'm dead to go and get my roses. Feeling like Mass 2019, grinding unfocused. I used to go to bed at night, this current so hopeless. Went through the same pain, my friends chose drugs to cope with. Now I'm reading all these hate comments, man, it got I'm in motion. I had to whip up the potion. I ain't need you with the boasting. I was just broken, way down to my lowest. Getting swallowed by the locusts, letting God do the coaching. I had to go through a lot just to realize that I'm chosen. Carry away, feel like boulders. All of those slams shut. Had to bulldoze them. Name a rapper, dude, who can see me over wax. I'm just trying to spit the facts. Way I spit my flow, people telling me relax. I just get it double back. I just get it double back. They still ask for more, and I gave them my last. Can't never seen a let go of the past and that's sad uh i just sit back and reflect oh my god they really feeling the kid family calling on the phone almost a star true look what you did by the brazil right back on the grid go kill a beat then go listen to trick turn on my phone and i listen to matt headphones in sit back with a grin making up a profit i don't care about the profit i'm just teaching like a profit i'm just preaching like a prophet staying tall like i'm dodging sleeping on me like pajamas i'm just trying to fill up my wallet what you call it, uh, profit trying to make a profit, uh, everybody want to live lavish and ball, but got no clue what it costs, I done helped a lot of people, but when I'm down, I ain't got no one to call, had to get up and throw my feelings in the trash, man, my heart was getting more, walking on this thin roadway to my goals, man, they praying I fall off, and I ain't feel nothing but hate, best rapper at the table and I ain't even ate, still got the nerve to try to take my plate, but I'm a hero to these people, the name like got was on the road to nowhere. Tell me why all these people up in my face acting like I know them. Feeling like Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, I'm the coldest. God speaking through me every single track, profit like Moses. Asking why I gotta wait till I'm dead to go and get my roses. Feeling like Mass 2019, grinding unfocused. I used to go to bed at night, this current so hopeless. Went through the same pain, my friends chose drugs to cope with. All these hate comments, man, it got me rolling. Tell me why all these people up in my face acting like I know them. Feeling like.
like Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, I'm the coldest. God speaking through me every single track, prophet like Moses. Asking why I gotta wait till I'm dead to go and get my roses. Feeling like last 2019, grinding, I'm focused. I used to go to bed at night, discouraged, so hopeless. Went through the same pain, my friends chose drugs to cope with. Now I'm reading all these hating comments, man, it got me rolling.